Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the schedule this weekend, and we start with tonight's action on Thursday night. Florida traveling to Utah, Salt Lake City, the Gators, who, you know, this game is so interesting because you got no cam rising on the Utah side. The Florida side, we have spent all offseason long talking about how porous this Florida team is. Graham Mertz is their starting quarterback, right? We ranked him 14th in our SEC quarterback power rankings. You know, we just ranked Florida 13th out of 14 teams in our team power rankings for week one. And lately, guys, you've seen it. The This new momentum around the Florida Gators, and you're seeing one after the other after the other folks are siding with Florida. We've seen the Vegas spread tumble, right? From seven and a half was what the number was at. Utah as the favorite. It then came down to six and a half. Now that number's at four and a half. Now that we know that there is no cam rising in this football game. I think this is an incredibly important game for Florida. When you look at just all the offseason narratives and everybody has just made up their mind that Florida is going to be a terrible football team this year, they have a chance to go out and prove that differently. Now, if Florida wins, I'm not saying they're going to be some seven or eight win team in the SEC, but achieving bowl eligibility for the Gators, you feel like that's almost a must in year two of Billy Napier. And admittedly, I took Florida under the five and a half, right? I locked in my predictions over the summer, taking the Gators at five and seven. And while the narrative has sort of shifted, again, the momentum around this game and the picks have come in, lots of folks all of a sudden in the last three or four days are picking Florida to win this football game. The Gators will have to lean on Montrell Johnson and their other running back, whose name is completely escaping. ETN, excuse me, Trevor ETN. I was thinking of Travis ETN. Trevor ETN the brother of the former Clemson running back. They will have to lean on that running game. I think Utah has enough in the trenches to give Florida headaches. I think this is a great game back and forth, of course, being played tonight in Salt Lake City. I think this is a great back and forth game. I think it's a close competitive game. I am not ready to buy stock in Graham Mertz. I'm just simply, and I know that Utah, their starting quarterback is out. But do you really think that Utah just figured out that Cam Rising is not going to play? I don't think so. I don't think this is a blowout per se. 
I think Utah, though, wins the football game. I think Florida keeps it close. I just cannot trust Graham Mertz right now. Give me Utah 23, Florida 17 in this football game. I think the Utes get it done. I don't think we're talking enough about the elevation and having, you know, Florida having to go on the road. What is this? First time they've played a non-conference game on the road to open the season since like 1991 or something like that. So I think Utah finds a way they get revenge for last year in a time where everyone is picking Florida, it seems. I think Utah actually beats the odds in this when they get the job done on their home field, even without Cam Rising. 23-17, to 17, Utes get the dub. There's another SEC team in action tonight as well, guys. Missouri and South Dakota, they will do battle at Faroe Field in Como. I think Mizzou gets an easy dub, 34-6. to six. How does Missouri handle their quarterback situation? I think that's really interesting. They waited until today to announce their starting quarterback. Brady Cook, which it's not surprising, but there's been a battle there with Jake Garcia, Sam Horn, and Missouri, I think the success of their season, I think it really comes down to, guys, the quarterback position. And do they figure that out? Because they've got a defense, as we saw last year against South Carolina, They've got a defense to compete with anybody. If they can get it going offensively, Luther Burden III, I think, is one of the best wide receivers in the SEC. If they get it figured out at quarterback, all of a sudden you're looking at Mizzou. They could be a 7-8, maybe even 9-win team in the SEC East, but I think they get their season started off in very easy fashion, 34-6, to taking down South Dakota. Now, guys, for the rest of the predictions, we will lock in all predictions on Fridays, by the way, I just wanted to go ahead and get those out of the way, though, because, of course, those two teams play tonight. We move to the Saturday action. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tennessee and Virginia in Nashville, by the way. This one's at Nissan Stadium, another neutral site game, similar to how South Carolina's taking on Charlotte, or excuse me, taking on North Carolina in Charlotte. Tennessee and Virginia. 
will do battle in Nashville at Nissan Stadium. I've taken the over in this game, guys. I'm really curious to see what does Joe Milton look like, right? In his first game, starting out the season, right? Coming into a season, being the guy. I think Josh Heupel and company are going to want to make a statement, right? Virginia was a team last year. They actually were not too bad defensively. Uh, you know, they hung around, obviously had that late season tragedy where they canceled their last two games of the season. Tony Elliott, though, I think is doing good things in Charlottesville. But this game's all about Tennessee, right? They're four touchdown favorites. Tennessee's going to win this football game for sure. But it's all about how does Tennessee look? The question's not do they win. It's how does Tennessee look, right? Coming into a season with all these expectations, all of this hype, I think Josh Hype and company are going to want to prove that that hype is justified. And so I think Tennessee, for them, it's how does Joe Milton look, right? That's what the season's going to come down to for them. Does she show signs if he can throw the change up and picking right up, you know, picking up where the offense left off last year and there's no Hendon Hooker, there's no Jalen Hyatt. We've heard all about what they've lost. But I think Tennessee's going to want to make a statement. I would expect to see that explosive offense yet again. Really excited, though, to get that first look at Joe Milton as he enters this season as Tennessee's QB1. Kentucky and Ball State, another game in which Kentucky, a 26-and-a-half-point favorite. Guys, we've locked in Cats, by the way, minus 26-and-a-half. The Liam Cohen-Devin Leary thing on the offensive side of the football, right? What does that look like early on? Also, the offensive line, which was abysmal, not just in SEC play, but even in games like this, Kentucky's offensive line was atrocious last year. Do we see them get back to that normal Kentucky physicality, running the football with Ray Davis, Demi Sumo? I think we could see an offensive explosion. You know, Kentucky and Tennessee, similar in the fact that I think both need fast starts their season. I think both these teams are looking to start their seasons with a bang, and you like to have an opponent like this when you have a new quarterback, you have a new OC, I think Kentucky, I think the word of the day and probably for their season, but certainly start the year for Kentucky is physicality. I, I think they want to be the more physical team. You know, you can talk about high-flying offense and Devin Leary and throwing the ball down the field, but they've got to get back to playing Kentucky football, being physical on both lines of scrimmage, and I think you'll most likely see them doing that. But I'm really excited, of course, the low-hanging fruit is to see the duo Devin Leary, Liam Cohen, what does the offense look like? And does Kentucky just look like they're getting back their roots under Mark Stoops, which is being physical at the point of attack? Arkansas and Western Carolina. And yes, guys, as you can tell, a lot of cupcake games in week one. So you got to kind of dig in between. You got to dig through and find the storylines. You know, I look at Arkansas, Western Carolina. They're breaking in a pair. Arkansas is of new coordinators, right? You talk about Dan Enos and that new offense and what's it going to look like. K.J. Jefferson's going to be under center. Rocket Sanders at the running back position. How do they utilize him? You know, Arkansas secondary was so bad a season ago against, against everyone, by the way, not just the SEC opponents, what have you. I'm excited to see has Arkansas made improvements there. How much can you really take away from this season opener in a lot of these games? I don't think you can draw conclusions, but always excited to watch K.J. Jefferson, Rocket Sanders, and see what those guys do. They are an electric factory to watch on offense. Cannot wait to see it in that new Dan Enos scheme. Kind of same thing, Ole Miss and Mercer, guys. I would expect Ole Miss going up and down the field. 
Does Ole Miss play more than one quarterback, right? Jackson Dart under center for them. He is he is going to be the starter, excuse me. Uh, and it seems as if they are settled on him. But you've got Spencer Sanders. You've got Walker Howard. And also you've got that new Pete Golding defensive system. Does it look different schematically, right? I've heard Cole Kublik talk about this. We've heard others as well. Ole Miss should be better against the run and defensively in general just from a pure scheme standpoint, right? Again, you're not going to be able to draw conclusions. This is more of kind of that tune-up game for Ole Miss because they've got a big one in week two against the two-lane Green Wave guys. they got to go to two-lane, who was a very good team last year, beat Southern Cal in the bowl game. So this is not going to be some walk in the park, beat two-lane, what have you. That's a top 25 opponent. So really for Ole Miss, for Lane Kiffin's team, it's about ironing out the kinks in week one, you know, being sure about yourself, you know, have something to feel good about, probably putting up a ton of points and taking down Mercer. But I think Ole Miss, they'll get the dub. Again, it's just how do they look? And you always like to open up your season against a cupcake like this. Uh, but excited to see Jackson Dart and just how many, how much strides he's made in this offseason. Within Mood of the Plains, Auburn taking on UMass and Hugh Freeze's Auburn Tigers head coaching debut. And this is one, guys, we've hammered UMass plus 35. I, I think it's one of the best bets of the weekend. I really do. 35 is just, that's a lot of points in a coach's debut, right? I mean, I, I think Auburn, we all expect, should be able to handle business. But UMass has some nice pieces. Is there any way that UMass could keep this thing close enough to spoil the debut of Hugh Freeze and Auburn and what they're trying to do? So uh, Peyton Thorne, starting quarterback, he won that job over Robbie Ashford. Excited to see how he looks in that role. Um, you know, outside of that, guys, it's just what can UMass do against Auburn, right? Brand new team. They've got question marks, but you feel like Auburn's got high-end talent still. But I think plus 35 is a very, very easy bet. Excited to see how that game shakes out and how the Hugh Freeze era starts out. That game's actually, guys, on ESPN, a 3.30 kickoff. So a nationally televised game for game one of the Hugh Freeze era. And that thing's a sellout, too. It sounds like they may even break a record for attendance on the Plains, which is hard to believe. Mississippi State and Southeast Louisiana. Another one, guys, a new era begins in Starkville. Unfortunately, the passing of the late great Pirate. I'm just excited to see the beginning of the Zach Arnett era, and what does that look like? And, of course, they are going to a Kevin Barbe offensive system in which Will Rogers, no more air raid, right? I mean, they're they're completely reinventing Mississippi State football in the sense of especially the offensive side. Will Rogers is going to be under center. He's going to have a back turn to a defense, guys, two things he's never done before. What does it look like? You know, I, I think it's going to be this weird feeling watching Mississippi State where I think everybody is – is pulling for State to do well because it's just such an unfortunate situation. But And I think Zach Arnett was a great hire for them, right, and a great fit. And I think he's going to do really good things in Starkville, but it's just a really tough situation that he's taking over. You know, if you're transparent, if, you, if you're real about it, it's a tough situation, man. I think Will Rogers is still one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. You look at State, they've got tons of experience. They've still got talent, guys. This is a football team that won nine games last year. And I don't think Southeast Louisiana is going to give them much of a problem at all. But again, how does the offense look? What can Dan, or Kevin Barbe do? Excuse me, I'm getting my offensive coordinators mixed up here. What can Kevin Barbe do for, for Mississippi State and for, and, you know, in Starkville in that first game? 
going to be really interesting to see how Will Rogers fares and that one and just what it looks like. Are there problems with a, you know, a quarterback center exchange? Is it something where Will Rogers looks uncomfortable? Going to be really interesting to see how they look offensively in game number one. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Uh, The University of Georgia taking on UT Martin. Hey, game one for Carson Beck, right? A lot of new quarterbacks and a lot of new OCs, if you have not noticed in this one. I'm excited to see what Beck looks like. Hey, they got two new offensive tackles. Mike Bobo calling the plays and a brand-new quarterback. Does Georgia miss a beat? And also with those brand-new wide receivers, do we see them get more pass-happy than they've been in past years? They've got questions at the running back position as well. I think we all expect Georgia will roll, guys. The only hope that UT Martin has, I think, is get off to a quick start and punch Georgia in the mouth and and make them play from behind and be on their heels. I just don't know that UT Martin even has the capability of doing so to the Georgia Bulldogs. So, you know, I think we're all expecting the back-to-back national champions to, to roll in this one, but – you know, again, how does it look? You begin a new season. All the off-season storylines are finally put to bed on Saturday afternoon when you take on UT Martin and, you know, you get to on-field storylines and on-field topics and things to handle on the field versus all the off-field stuff we've talked about for so long. So I know Georgia fans, Georgia football, they're excited to get it rolling. They expect to win big, but like many others, it's just all about how you look in doing so. How does Carson Beck look? Does he look comfortable? Does it look like they have not missed a beat from the Stetson Bennett era? And then defensively, I would expect George. I mean, I, I think they're expecting to be shut down yet again. They've got talent all over the football field. They will not be tested in week one against UT Martin. But going to be interesting to see Georgia begin a new era, if you will, and trying to do something, the pursuit of trying to do something that has not been done since the mid-1930s. Going to be interesting to see if Georgia can do that this season. Going to be a tone setter on Saturday for them, for sure. You then move to College Station. Texas A&M and New Mexico. And again, guys, once again, we go back to the offensive coordinator thing. The Bobby Petrino era begins in College Station. We're finally going to get our answer. Is Jimbo Fisher willing to let go of the reins and let Bobby Petrino call plays? Does it look different offensively? Because they've got weapons to make it work, guys. Uh, Anaya Smith, Evan Stewart on the outside, they've got those dudes on the outside. They've got receivers that can be elite, right? They've got a fantastic running game. They've got big physical offensive linemen. I think Connor Wegman 
can be a top half at minimum quarterback in the SEC. But it's all about are they putting that talent in the best possible position to go out there and make plays, <clears throat> excuse me, and win ball games. How does Texas A&M look offensively? You know, New Mexico, what type of threat do they really pose? We already mentioned lots of cupcakes in this opening weekend. But that's what all eyes are going to be on, right? And Texas A&M coming off that 5-7 and seven season, you know they're looking forward to just washing out that nasty taste in the mouth that was that 5-7, and seven, getting back, starting the season off on the right foot because you got Miami in week two. So for Texas A&M as well, it's about getting off to a hot start, feeling confident, feeling good about something after beating up on the Lobos. Vanderbilt, the only SEC team that's played a game thus far, they take on Alabama A&M in week one of the 2023 college football season. Vandy looking to move to 2-0. Guys, I think the big question marks are this because we've already seen Vandy at this point. Do we see improvements in the running game? And does the secondary shore some things up? I mean, this is a game, if you're Vandy, you have to win this football game, right? If you're going to hit the over-under 3.5, but more importantly, if you're going to push for bowl eligibility, you have to take down Alabama A&M. But do they get those two things fixed, guys? Because even if you beat Alabama A&M, even if you find yourself 2-0, if for a second straight week you can't run for more than 100 yards and you're in non-conference play, guys, you're not going to stand a chance in the SEC. I mean, you may not win an SEC game if that offensive line and that rushing attack does not improve. So can Vanderbilt shore up those two things? What does A.J. Swan look like? I thought he was okay in week one, you know, continuing – to utilize McGowan, utilize Shepard on the outside, and then again defensively for Vandy. They've got to tighten up in the secondary for sure. Uh, we then move, guys, and this might be, honestly, you know, there's some very obvious headliners we're about to get into. But when you look at these games, this is probably the most intriguing cupcake game of them all. Alabama and Middle Tennessee State, for the obvious reason, the quarterback situation. Nick Saban does not release a depth chart for the first time in 17 years. If you don't think that's significant, guys, I don't know what to tell you. Nick Saban doesn't even drop a depth chart because he doesn't want to deal with hearing the hype and the hoopla around who's starting at quarterback and this guy starting here and there, whatever. But why is Nick Saban avoiding that? It's questionable. Like, we don't know. I think Jalen Milrow, guys, from what we heard, most likely he is going to be QB1. I think he is going to be Alabama's starting quarterback. But that's not what's intriguing. It's who finishes the game at quarterback. It's who plays in the ball game. How do these quarterbacks look? Because you can bet your ass it's going to continue to be a, a quarterback competition. There, there's no doubt. It is a quarterback competition through this game against Middle Tennessee State. They will reevaluate after the game, and then they go into week two against Texas. And I'm not sure we're really going to know who the leader of this Alabama football team is under center until the second half of that Texas game when things get real and Bama's got to turn to their guy. And so we're going to find out who their guy is in that Texas game. But how does the quarterback position play out in this one? I mean, we all expect Bama to dominate Middle Tennessee State. They did beat Miami last year. So, you know, maybe they could shock the world yet again. But life after Bryce Young, life after Will Anderson, and most importantly, that Tommy Reese offense, and what do they do at quarterback? When is the last time 
that Alabama went into a season with this many question marks, and especially this many question marks under center. I am fascinated to see what the quarterback position looks like. Do all three guys play? Do you see Milrow, Buckner, and Simpson? And what do they look like? And, and what are we talking about? Are there more questions going into week two against Texas, or do we finally start to get some answers when it comes to the quarterback battle in Tuscaloosa. Of course, guys, South Carolina, North Carolina, I think, is the headliner of Saturday. We've been talking about that game all week, and we'll continue to do so throughout the end of the week and going into Saturday as well. But finally, the headliner of week one, I would argue, LSU, Florida State, Sunday night, not Monday. I know, I know a couple of days ago I messed up my dates. LSU, Florida State, Sunday night, another neutral site game in Orlando, LSU is a slight favorite in this ball game. And the question I have going into this one, guys, is Florida State legit? Because I'm not sold on FSU. I'm not sold on the Seminoles. I, you know, I, I like what they're doing under Mike Norvell. I really do. I like Jordan Travis as a player. They added so much on their offense. Of course, we all know about the Jaheim Bell edition. Uh, they've got the six foot seven kid on the outside and and the mismatch that he creates. I mean, they are really talented, really good on the offensive side of the football. And they finally, for the first time, their offensive line is a strength, it feels like, for the first time in forever. Defensively, they're solid there as well. And then you've got LSU, who won the SEC West last year, but I don't think really closed out their season the way they wanted to, right? Losing to Texas A&M to end the regular season Yes, they had the late explosion with Garrett Nussmeyer against Georgia, but the game was well out of hand at that point. I am fascinated to watch this ball game Sunday night and just see this battle between Jalen Daniels and Jordan Travis on the other side for Florida State. Two elite offenses going at it, doing battle, but also I think two really, really good defenses as well. I think two really good defenses. I think this is going to be a really close back-and-forth game, guys. Really pumped to see it. And, of course, it is the headliner of week one, LSU, Florida State. And, guys, I think you could argue early on in the game or early on in the season, this is a game that is going to shake shape the college football playoff race. There is no doubt about that. When you talk about, I think this game is probably more important for Florida State because, again, they don't have an SEC schedule to, to bank on that, hey, if we lose week one, we can get this thing back on track. We have high-quality wins we can pick up. Florida State needs to prove to college football that they are legit. LSU, they lose a close one here. They can get back on track. But it is a massively important game for both sides and I think a game that could determine the college football playoff this season. 